In this episode, I will be answering all of your questions. So sit back and relax and let's settle in to this Q&A. Hello and welcome to the Taking Back Your Power podcast. I'm Isabel Palacios and I specifically created this podcast to empower and inspire you to create your best life and live a positive existence. Join me as I interview incredible people, share my journey, discuss the law of attraction and guide you into your greatest version. May you always remember your true beauty, your true worth, and your true power always come from within. So open your mind and your heart, get comfortable, and let's get into it. Hello, everyone. It's Isabel, your gracious host today, as you already know. And I'm going to be doing a Q&A because I noticed that my most listened to episode of this podcast is the last Q&A session I did, which is crazy to me because I was like, do people even listen to Q&As? But it looks like you guys liked it. So here we're doing another one. It's been almost a year since I did the last one. So I asked you guys on Instagram, both on my personal Instagram at Isabel V Palacios and on the Taking Back Your Power Instagram at Taking Back Your Power, what questions you guys had. So I'm going to go through this list. I haven't really seen them. So there's not going to be too much editing in this particular episode. So sit back, relax. We're going to dive into some questions and see if I can give you guys some good answers here. So I'm heading over to the Taking Back Your Power Instagram And the first question I want to answer here is how to stop blaming yourself for the end of a relationship and how to deal with seeing them in public, like school or college. Now, this is the thing. Every time a relationship ends in my life, whether it's a friendship or maybe a romantic relationship or somebody walks out of your life or cuts ties with you, I always see it as the universe is just kind of weeding people out of your life that are not aligned with your purpose or with your life path. And this happens. I think if we accept that people aren't going to stay in our lives forever and some relationships have to end in order for new ones to begin, then that is when we release control and we can have less anxiety, less worry, less sadness about relationships ending. So I think what's really important is not to blame yourself for the end of it, but just looking at the situation from a standpoint of what am I learning from this? What am I learning about myself? What am I learning about my life? And not being judgmental towards yourself self because we all make mistakes. We all do things that are not good. Sometimes we all sabotage certain things and that's just sometimes part of our nature. What's important is learning from these mistakes, quote unquote. I don't really call them mistakes. I call them happy accidents like Bob Ross, but it's really important that we don't judge ourselves for these things that we kind of just allow ourselves to feel allow ourselves to go into these feelings and allow ourselves to express our feelings and feel sad because I think we put such a negative connotation on these non-happy feelings, but we have to feel sadness. We have to feel these shadow aspects of ourselves in order for them to be released. So allow yourself to feel and journal, whatever it may be. And also understand that if you have to see them every day, it's just a test. It's a test to see how you're doing spiritually. So go back into yourself, take all that love, all that pain, put it into yourself, put it into bettering your life, bettering your inner home, your inner world, and becoming so strong in yourself, in who you are as a person that the past won't have any more effect on you. Focus on building a bright future 
Yes, you will see them from time to time, but I promise you that over time, as long as you're working on yourself, working on your goals, working on the future, the pain will subside and then you'll be able to see them, see a picture of them and not have to worry. I promise you guys, with any heartbreak or any situation, time heals all. I know that's said so many times, but truly, one day you're going to wake up and it's not going to hurt anymore. What really helps and oh my god, my voice. Sorry. What really helps And a good rule of thumb that I go by whenever something ends or I'm feeling a lot of pain is I say, I release my pain. I release my past. I release my ex. I release these things and set that intention that you're releasing these things, not holding on to them, not having attachment, but setting intention saying today, I am going to be free of this. I am free of whatever pain I'm feeling. I am free of whatever soul ties or karmic ties or whatever you want to call it. And I am free always set that intention, use it as an affirmation. And you're going to see that over time, even within a few days, it's just going to feel like a big weight lifted off of your shoulders. All right. Next question. This is really good. How to not affect yourself by someone else's behavior. I think they meant how to not be affected by other people's behavior. So this is something that a lot of people deal with. And the problem is that you guys are trying to control or you're trying to mitigate or micromanage other people's behaviors, actions, words, thoughts, feelings, whatever. We can't control anyone else but ourselves. Understand everyone has free will. The only thing you can control is your reaction to certain people's responses or your reaction to people's actions or words and also the way you feel, the way you allow people to make you feel. And whenever you allow people to make you feel anything, you're giving them power over you. So we're going to take the power back. Stop living through fear from the ego. If you are affected by other people's behavior or words or actions against you, it's because you're living through your ego. The ego keeps you in fear. It keeps you in scarcity. It keeps you in that same routine and telling you, oh, you're not good because this person said so-and-so, or you're never going to do this. Or, you know, the ego has all these horrible things and most people are living through their ego. But what you need to do is take a step back. And instead of asking, why are they saying this? Why are they being mean? Why are they doing these things? Instead, ask yourself, what am I supposed to learn from this situation or from this scenario or from this relationship? Ask yourself, what would my higher self do? And start showing up as your higher self. Your higher self would not be affected by these things. Your higher self would understand that most people are living through their ego, through fear, and that most people are saying things to others and projecting what they feel about themselves onto others or through their behavior. So when somebody acts out or does something bad, don't take it personally. Understand that that person probably needs to heal. All of us need to heal from something. That person probably needs to work on themselves. That person is probably dealing with things within themselves, anger, hurt, resentment, sadness, whatever it may be, and instead lend compassion to other people. Do not, do not be lower vibrational. Do not engage with or give attention or power to low vibrational behavior. Instead, you rise above it. You stay positive. You focus on you and focus on your own reaction in your own feelings instead of trying to blame other people by the way you're feeling in that low vibe mindset anymore here, guys. So take a step back understand, don't take it personally. If somebody does something bad, it has more to do with them than it has to do with you. The problem nowadays, people take everything so personally. 
and we got to stop that. How to move on from situations successfully without anxiety, some from years ago to months ago still haunt me, even though they're not my fault. This is a really good topic to discuss, and this could actually be a really good video to discuss because we are living so much in the past. And let me read something to you guys that this was... I have a bunch of random just writings and I don't even I don't even want to call them poems because I'm I'm not a poet. I I am a writer. I do have an affinity for writing, but I wrote this down. The great mystery and pain of life is that we can't just turn back time. It keeps moving forward and forward and we don't really know where it moves forward to. But how silly are we to go against our very own laws, living in a time that will never exist again. So time keeps moving forward, whether you like it or not, whether you accept it or not. And living in the past is only going to keep you there. It's not going to allow you to pull back and then launch forward into something new. It's literally keeping you in the old mindset and the old ways and the things that hurt you and the pain and all these struggles that you are supposed to overcome if you're constantly looking back and living in the past. For me, living in the past is living in pain. And yes, there are beautiful things and beautiful memories in the past. And I constantly revisit my past because I think there's a lot to be learned from it. So what I think you need to do is instead of looking back in the past in a place of longing or regret or wishing to change things that already are and have already happened and have already moved on, look back in ways that you have learned from these things and these situations. Anxiety is you living in the future and already expecting a positive result, or I'm sorry, a negative result. Living in anxiety is living in the future and expecting a negative result. And the future hasn't even happened. The future is what you make of it. So I think a lot of us live in fear of moving on and in fear of the past and all these things because we're afraid of our own power. We don't want to accept that we literally have the power to change our realities, our thoughts, our futures. We have so much power and we have been taught for centuries of how powerless we are, how our power is put in somebody else's hands and how we don't have dominion over our own lives, that it literally scares us. Again, going back to the ego, the ego keeps you in fear. That's you living through your ego. So to the lovely commenter who asked this question, you need to trust, trust that all the things you went through in your past have only prepared you for this moment, for the future and for future successes and greatness. One day when something incredible happens in your life, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, wow, I'm so grateful I went through all these things. I'm so grateful I let go of my past. I released it. I made peace with it because now look at all of these blessings that are coming into my life. And it might not seem like it right now, but I promise you there is a reason why things happen the way they did. Either they taught you something or they were launching you into something greater. If it's not your fault, then let it go. Make peace with it. What's done is done. You can't change it. You're only wasting your precious energy looking back. And I posted a quote today on taking back your powers Instagram that said, if you can look back and laugh, you've won. If you can look back on your life and laugh at certain situations, that means you've overcome them. So look back 
not in fear, not in regret. Look back in gratitude that you went through those things and hey, they weren't that bad because here you are today listening to this podcast. So the future is what you make of it. Don't live in the future in a negative place. Don't make the future negative. Make it as positive and beneficial and beautiful as you want to make it. This is a good one. Tips for starting a vegan diet and doing one in college. Also tips for using the law of attraction in college. So in college, as many of you guys know, I went, oh my God, seriously, my voice. I'm drinking so much water and my voice is going in and out. Maybe my throat chakra is blocked for some reason, but we'll, we'll flow with it today. I think that the best way to do a vegan diet is meal prepping, especially in college, especially if you live a busy lifestyle, meal prepping is so important. And literally you could live off of tofu and rice noodles. All you need is a stove or an oven or whatever it may be, but just meal prepping is so very important. And I would recommend that you go on YouTube. There's a lot of people that do vegan meal ideas, a lot of vegan meal prep, and find what works for you. And I think meal prepping is, even though it does take a lot of work, take a Sunday night or a Monday night to do your meal prep for the week, things like that. It takes a lot of time, a lot of prep, but during the week, it is such a godsend. It is such a savior. And if you're trying to stay in budget, I understand in college, I was so broke, but if you're trying to stay in budget, make sure to buy frozen veggies, like frozen broccoli, you know, all these big leafy greens, you can find them frozen kale, frozen spinach. You can literally find all of these really nutrition dense foods frozen. So don't be afraid of going to frozen or canned. Canned beans are really good. Canned cannellini beans or pinto beans or black beans. You can put them over a salad. I remember one thing that I used to do was just go to the dining hall, take advantage of your meal plan and just go load up on salad. I would eat so much salad and even talk. If you feel like there's not vegan options at your dining hall or in your university, start a petition for it. Talk to the right people, you know, make sure that they're bringing vegan options because for sure you're not the only vegan on campus either. So you could be helping other people as well. So look into that and have fun eating vegan. And I think that veganism is really a joy. It's not a sacrifice. I know a lot of people see it that way, but having fun, eating new fruits, eating new vegetables, and just having fun nourishing your body and giving love to your body and compassion to your body is what really makes veganism beneficial. So meal prepping, always stocking up on apples, bananas, fruits that aren't that expensive, things like that. Frozen fruit was a huge savior of mine as well. I would have tons of frozen fruit, make smoothies every morning. Another thing I love to eat is overnight oats. I literally eat that for breakfast every morning now. And I'd make them the night before and they'd last me throughout the week. And I'd already have breakfast. So I didn't have to think about, oh, going to the dining hall and you know eating this. I didn't know if there was any vegan options. I went to college in New Orleans, which it's not... I mean, it is pretty vegan friendly, but... At the core of New Orleans, there's a lot of meat and fish and you know crawfish and all this stuff. So it was a little hard at first, but just meal prep. I think that will be the best thing. Second part of your question, tips for using the law of attraction in college. It's funny because I fell upon the law of attraction and veganism while I was in college and I was going through a really tough time. And it was part of my awakening was finding veganism and becoming vegan. And then the law of attraction, being aware of myself as a spiritual being instead of just somebody that all this bad stuff happened to and I deserved all this bad stuff, I realized I was actually in control and in power. So I would recommend just 
going to the most basic level and reading the secret, reading the power. These are both by Rhonda Byrne. This is how I came across the secret. Um, I watched the movie. The Secret. I think it might still be on Netflix. I'm not sure. But if you can't find it, it's probably on YouTube. And just being very mindful of your thoughts, being mindful of how you spend the first few minutes of your day. I know with college, there's so much going on and so much stress and so much, you know, peer pressure, whatever it could be. So make sure that first thing in the morning, either when you're taking a shower or you're just laying in bed, don't get on your phone straight away. Set an intention for the day. Set the intention that today is going to be successful or today is going to be exciting or today is going to be eventful or today everything's going to go right and just set that intention and live your life that day according to that intention. Allow your actions to align with that intention. Don't speak negatively about yourself or about others. Always seek to look for the good. Always seek the good out in every situation and you're going to see how all of that will align for you. Don't overcomplicate things, especially if you're new to the law of attraction. Don't beat yourself up if you have negative thoughts. Just make sure that you go into every situation, every exam, every test and set the intention or even before you sit down and study at the library, set the intention that all of the knowledge, all of this information is going to flow and program into your brain and you're going to learn. Next question, how to stick to a decision you made. My ex broke up with me after two and a half years together and wants to stay friends, but I don't think we can because I'm too in love with him. I always tell him we can't, but then go back to him because I go into a scarcity mindset. Well, it's a great thing that you are realizing you're in a scarcity mindset. It's great. That means that you are detaching from the ego. You're detaching from these things. So what I would recommend is you take all of that love that you feel for him and you put it back into yourself. You make that choice and you stick to that choice and you make a promise to yourself that you're not going to keep going back into the pain. You're not going to keep going back into what hurt you, that you are in control of your life. And also know this, there are plenty of fish in the sea. Take all that time that you spend wasting on him or thinking about him and think about, okay, I'm going to save money so I can go travel, or I'm going to save money so that I can do what it is that I want to do, or I'm going to focus on my goals, on my career, on my vision for my future. Obviously, this is not the person for you. He just wants to keep you around because he likes his ego to be stroked. That's really why a lot of men keep women around as friends or friends with benefits or they use them. They have no other intention other than that. They just like to feel good. And that's what a lot of people feel. A lot of people, and that's your ego keeping him around trying to say, okay, well, if things don't work out with somebody else, at least I have him. No, you need to cut that off cold turkey, block him, delete his number, move on with your life because staying here is just going to keep you in that same level. If you want to level up in life, you really want to take your power back. You want to be a powerful, happy, vibrant, carefree being. You got to let that crap go Believe that you deserve better because deep down, you know, you deserve better. Deep down, you know what you deserve. Deep down, you know what you want. You're just allowing him to block you from it. And if you keep him around, he's going to block you from receiving love and blessings in another relationship. So you make sure that you decide, 
I am the most important person in my life. I need to give all this love I'm giving him freely and draining myself. And I got to put that back into myself. So hit the gym, start new goals, start a new business, do fun things in your life. Go travel, go hang out with your girlfriends, go keep your life vibrant and busy, not busy, but keep your life full of things that are going to keep you occupied in a good way and stop thinking about him. I promise you, as soon as you set the intention that you're going to release your ex and you release all this past stuff and you release all that, and he already showed you that he doesn't want to be with you. He doesn't want a relationship. He broke up with you. Girl, take your pride, (laughs) get up and go. You're worth more than just being a little friend or a little plaything of a guy. You deserve what it is that you believe that you want. So decide what you want. If it's marriage, if it's commitment, if it's all these things, decide that. Decide that that is what you deserve. Decide that that is what you're going to get. You're not going to settle for any less. And this goes to anyone who's listening and who is in that situation. I know it's hard. I used to be in the same mindset. I used to think no one's ever going to love me. He used to say that to me. No one's ever going to love me the way I love you, blah, blah, blah. And that's fine. He can say whatever he wants, but you know what? That's a damn lie. Am I allowed to say that? I don't know, but that's a big lie. Stop feeding into these lies that you have been told that your ego is telling you that this person has told you that anyone else has told you and you go out and get what it is that you want. Also a good rule of thumb, ladies, stop chasing men. Don't chase men. You're a goddess. You are the prize. Prizes and goddesses don't chase men. So ask yourself, what would my higher self do in this situation? And you show up as your higher self. Take care of yourself. Pour all that love back into yourself. Take care of your body. Take care of your health. Make yourself the most vibrant, beautiful person. Level up in every way you can. And you're going to see how the universe is going to bring in the love that you so desperately, desperately want. But the first thing you got to do is give yourself that love. Don't seek love out in other people. Don't seek attention out in other people. Give that to yourself so that you won't be in that scarcity mindset so that you won't be thirsty for other men or their attention. Okay. And also if you want more on this topic, please listen to my goddess energy episode I did a few weeks ago. And I know that some people can't listen to it on Apple because Apple is being annoying and some of my episodes don't show up on Apple. But if you go to the link in the Tinging Back Your Power Instagram, or just go to Anchor, download the Anchor app, listen to this podcast on Anchor, you will find all of my episodes. So listen to that goddess energy one. I go into this topic in depth and I know it will help a lot of you. Okay, now switching over to the questions I got on my personal Instagram, and this is a good one. How to let go of the idea that you had of someone. P.S. Love the podcast. Thank you. Appreciate it. So how to let go of the idea that you had of someone. That's the thing is that when you have rose tinted glasses on, you see the red flags as just flags. You don't see the bad in people. So take off the rose colored glasses and see it for what it is. Think of those things that that person did or the things that they truly are. Seek to see people for who they truly are. And I know it's normal for a lot of us women. I think we seek to find the good in other people. We seek, especially as empaths, we always want to seek out the good in people. But you need to have a more realistic view of people. And this is from looking not through your ego, but through your intuition. You obviously know that this person either is not good for you or they're just not a good person for wherever you are in life or they're not 
going to be good for you. So you want to let go of this idea of them. So you need to see it for what it is. Write down the pros and cons of this person. Understand why this person can't be for you or understand why this person isn't aligned with you. Now, this is a very general question, so I don't know why you would want to let go of the idea, but I assume it's because this person is not a good person. So instead of seeking out to give compassion or empathy towards this person, seek it for yourself. I know that might seem a little strange or an idea that's a little far-fetched for some people, but the thing is that we are living our lives so much through the eyes of others. We are living our lives through how others see us, how others perceive us, what others think of us, how others treat us, and that's the problem. You need to go back into yourself and live your life through your truest self. Seek to develop your intuition. How do you develop your intuition? Well, you got to Work from outside of the ego. Meditation is so very important. Meditate on your decisions. Set an intention before you sit down to meditate and meditate in quiet mode for 15 to 20 minutes a day. That's all you need to develop your intuition. And slowly you can begin to trust yourself. And also understand that if you have to let go of somebody, it's for a good reason. Your soul is telling you, let go. Your spirit is telling you to let go. The higher self is saying, let go. This is only tying you down. So you have to commit to yourself so much, commit to your growth, commit to your spiritual growth, to alignment so much that you're going to say, this person is not good for me and I'm just going to accept it and let it go. Accept and let go. Accept and let go. I hope that answers your question. Here's a good question. How to get feminine power in a relationship to have a man head over heels for you. So this is kind of a funny topic and it goes back into the episode that I did on goddess energy. You are the prize. If you guys want to go check that out, I'd highly recommend it. (laughs) But honestly, guys, I don't develop my feminine energy or my divine feminine in myself for men. That is... Number one, I know that a lot of you want to attract a good high vibrational man and you want to have power over men, but that is not why we want to develop our feminine energy. It's only a plus. It's a side effect of developing that feminine energy that men will be automatically attracted to you. And that's the thing is that you have a beautiful energy that is rare in society, in this world that they want to have, that they are flocking to and you will attract all types of men. Where you have to see this development of feminine energy from is a standpoint of developing yourself. Yourself as a woman is your power, not just over men, but over your own life, over yourself, over your thoughts, your feelings, your actions. That's what it's about. It's about aligning with your true self, with your higher self, the divine feminine that will allow you this power of manifestation, this power of having beautiful things flowing into your life, this power of creation. So feminine energy and feminine power is just about creation. Get back into creating, creating art, creating whatever it may be, stepping into nature, being compassionate towards yourself and nature. I have a video on the divine feminine. And I talk about how veganism and being compassionate towards the animals allowed me to really connect with my divine feminine. And that didn't go well with a lot of people, but 
It's just, it's what I believe and it's what I have practiced in my own life. So the thing about just being a feminine woman is not about just being girly and this and that. Of course, expression of the femininity is very important, but it's about how you feel about yourself. It's about loving yourself. It's about confidence. Confidence is one of those things that people are attracted to. When you step into a room, you can be talking a bunch of crap, but if you're confident about it, people are going to listen to it, sadly. That's the way a lot of things work nowadays. So it's all about developing your confidence. When you are confident, you attract other confident people. When you are sure of yourself, you attract other people who are going to be sure of you. So what you need to do is instead of trying to somehow have power over men or attract men, instead seek to be comfortable in your own skin to love yourself flaws and all, to stand in front of the mirror and look at yourself and be grateful for your body, grateful for the way you look, not competing with other women or trying to bring other women down or prove that you're better than other women. No, you don't need to prove anything to anyone else but yourself. So love yourself inside and out. Love yourself for who you are, not for what you have, not for what you possess, not for your degrees, not for the money you have in your bank account or your GPA or credit score, not for that stuff. All that stuff. I've talked about this in a video. I think a video about comparison I did about a week ago, about a week ago. I talked about that, how you need to love yourself as you are, as a divine spirit, as a divine expression of the universe. You are a physical expression of the universe, so you need to start showing up as it. So don't accept less than what you deserve. Don't settle. Don't allow others to have control over your thoughts, your feelings, and stay strong in your power. And this is very easy, guys. I know it might sound like some crazy, hard, esoteric stuff, but you literally just need to be yourself because all of that divine expression is already within you. Remember, your true beauty, your true worth, your true power is all from within. So all you need to do is go within and express it outwardly and send positive thoughts, positive intentions into the universe. And you're going to see how everything's going to align in your favor. A couple more things I'd like to add to that topic. I could talk about this all day, honestly. But you need to imagine what it looks like when a queen is sitting on her throne. A queen or a king, whoever whoever you want it to be. Imagine your higher self literally as that. As a goddess, as a queen, sitting on top of a throne. Imagine this throne as ornate and beautiful. It could be a simple throne. And what does a queen look like sitting in her chair, in her throne? It's not a chair, it's a throne. Really heavy gold throne. She's not there slumped over or crying. No, she's standing tall, probably with a scepter in her hand, with robes on, with a long dress, with a crown on her head. Imagine yourself like that, sitting on a throne. How would that queen react if a guy texted her at three in the morning asking to come over? (laughs) Do you think she would get up out of that throne and drive and get on her chariot and drive? No. That guy would have to come, ask for permission to get inside the castle, have to walk over, offer all of his whatever maybe that he has to offer her. And then she decides, do I want to give you attention? If she doesn't, nope. She does. Okay, fine. She can accept him. That's how you have to see yourself in any relationship you have is the queen sitting on the throne and they have to come to you and offer you stuff and have to win you over, not the other way around. I know we're taught, go after what you want, chase men, blah, blah, blah. No, you don't have to do that. 
You are a divine feminine creature. This is just in our anatomy. This is in our biology. And that's something that we can't deny. And we're told to deny this every single day. So stop denying it. Another thing I want to say about this topic is a goddess, a queen, does not give her body away so easily either. And there is a lot of power in celibacy. And I know if you're in a relationship, it might be a little bit difficult to be celibate. I understand. If that's something that you really want to do to develop your intuition, to connect with your higher self, then talk to your partner about it. But to the single people out there, men and women, there's a lot of power in celibacy, in waiting. Don't give away the goods on the first date. Even men, men and women, you need to protect this because this is literally so much power in your sexuality. And whenever you are careful with who you give it to and you don't just give it away, then that is true mastery. That is true power. So think about it. Celibacy is very important and not just from a religious or spiritual standpoint, but also in a place of self-respect. Something to think about. I know it's not going to go on well with a lot of people, but don't give things away too easily to somebody who does not deserve it yet. Okay, this is a question I get a lot because you guys see that I travel a lot and I think a big misconception that people have is that I travel solo. Most of the time I travel either with a family member or with a friend or I travel to go see a friend or somebody in another country that I know. I really don't go to a city where I don't know anyone, if that makes sense. I'm not this super adventurous solo traveler. I wish I was a solo traveler, but the thing is I do value my safety a lot and maybe one day I will just bite the bullet and just take a trip by myself somewhere, maybe Thailand or somewhere where I don't know anyone and just go and do it. Although that does take a lot of courage and I do get these questions. Do you have any tips for college-aged women traveling solo? If you do not have somebody to travel with, which for me, I always want to take trips and not everyone could either afford it or doesn't have the time or whatever because not everyone has my schedule. I can basically take off anytime I want. But what I would recommend that if you want to travel on your own, you don't have anyone to travel with, I would recommend going to a new city or traveling to a friend in another city. That's what I like to do. You know, I travel a lot on business as well. So I guess that counts as solo traveling, but most of the time I will, for fun, I will go visit a friend or I will meet up with a friend in another city. So they'll travel from their city and go to another city and I'll meet them there. So I think it's all about just seeing, Hey, do I have a friend who lives in New York or do I have a friend who lives in LA or do I have a friend that lives in Spain, you know, and seeing the people that you know and say, hey, I'm going to go take a trip there. Do you want to meet up? Whatever. And I think that makes it a lot less scary and daunting knowing that you're going to know somebody in that other city. And if anything happens, you'll have them. But of course, just do what you want to do. Plan out your trip ahead of time. Don't feel like you have to have somebody with you all the time. Don't feel like you have to always have a travel buddy or whatever. Of course, as a woman, I know it's scary. <laughs> Trust me, I'm very, very safety conscious. I used to be more reckless maybe in my earlier 20s. I'm 25 now, but 
now I am more cautious because I have realized the dangers out there in other countries, especially with foreign women and especially when you don't know the language of the country you're visiting. So I would recommend that if you're going to plan to travel solo, you make sure that you plan everything out before your trip. So make sure you have transport arranged. Make sure that you make a good connection either at the hotel you're staying at with the concierge or just the Airbnb host, you know, talk to your Airbnb host, make sure that they're reputable, make sure they have good reviews. Hopefully you'll find a super host to stay with. And usually your Airbnb host will be very gracious and offer you tips, whatever. And you know, if you're afraid, just do your research on that place you're going to. And also make sure you're not going to a place where there's a lot of I've heard some horror stories about some places about how they treat women in certain countries. So be sure that you're very, very informed and that you're not just doing things recklessly. Of course, there's a lot of women who travel solo. I remember my, I believe it's my sister-in-law. She told me that she would travel solo a lot, that it's a lot of fun. So definitely go for it. But I would recommend if you want to do it the safe way, just go visit a friend that you have in another country. But traveling is a lot of fun. A big reason why I sought to start my own business and become an entrepreneur is because I wanted to have the money and the time to travel because that's honestly, I know it sounds so cliche, but I love, I love to travel. That's literally, I'm either at home or I'm in another country. That's basically my life these days. (laughs) All right. So this is a question I've been getting a lot and I got it a lot last year too, because you guys know I was in a long distance relationship that I'm not in any longer. And the question is, what are your opinions on long distance relationships? Any tips? So I personally believe that long distance is very hard, (laughs) obviously, and it's not really something that I am too keen on anymore. But I believe that when there is true love and both people are committed to making it work, then it definitely can work. And there also needs to be a plan for each other to either move to the same city or live together or do whatever. But there has to be a plan in the foreseeable future of being together because long distance is not something you can sustain for a very long time. Also make sure that the person that you're getting into relationship with does not live in a country where it's difficult to travel to or that it's hard for them to travel to you. You have to make sure that you're in a relationship where both people can easily travel to each other. That's so very important because when the travel is one-sided, and I say this from experience, when the travel is one-sided, it is very difficult, especially on the person doing on the traveling. It is a huge financial burden. Also, one thing that I really realized being in a long distance relationship was that I felt like I was never comfortable at home. I always felt like I was torn between two places and I never really had calm and peace at home because I always felt like I had to be with that other person, always traveling to them. And I honestly, it's not my cup of tea. I tried it. It was great, whatever, for a while. And for me personally, I wouldn't recommend it, but I have seen it work. My own sister, she has had a long distance relationship. She's married and he's going to move here very soon. So it's, you know, it's doable. If both people are in it and one person doesn't get tired of all the traveling or the traveling is not getting you bored, because honestly, I was getting tired of traveling to the same place over and over, not being able to travel anywhere else. So I think when the love is very strong and there is commitment to each other, it can definitely work. Don't listen to people who are like, oh, long distance doesn't work. It does work. It can work. It is difficult, 
but it can work when both people are committed to the end results. This next question is a bit heavy and I've been meaning to do a either a podcast episode about this or a video and this question asks, how can we transcend racism and not let it affect us people of color? I believe, and I know that there are going to be people out there who disagree with me, and that's okay. I am the daughter of Hispanic immigrants. My parents, I've talked about this before, my parents came to America when they were very young. My dad was about 12, my mom was about the same age, and my dad came from Colombia, my mom came from Guatemala, and... It's kind of like I grew up, I'm a first generation American, and I grew up always being in touch with my roots as well as being proud of being American. I think that whenever you're a child of, and things have changed now, I've realized that and I've noticed that, that a lot of people have a lot of animosity towards America. And I wasn't raised that way. I was raised to have a lot of gratitude for America. And I still have a lot of gratitude for this country because I've been given so many opportunities and so many things that I would not have had if I were raised in another place. And I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that I'm very privileged. And I know that as a Hispanic woman, you might say, how can you say you're privileged? But I truly believe I am because I'm here <laughs> working from home. I basically make as much money as I want and I have all these opportunities. How can I not say I'm privileged? How can I not say I'm blessed? So definitely I know that everyone has the opportunities I have, but basically I was raised always in gratitude. My parents always worked very hard for what they had and when they came to America and they had my brother and they got married very young, they didn't have anything. They were, you know, in college and school still, and their parents didn't support them. And they're basically off on their own. And so I know what it's like. I know what it's like to struggle. And I have dealt with racism or prejudice and discrimination. But growing up, I was always taught that I didn't complain about these things, but it just meant that I had to work harder than other people because I was a woman, because I was Hispanic, because you can be looked over in many aspects. And so all throughout my life, I studied harder than most kids. I made sure to excel. I was very much about my academics. Ever since I was a little girl, I was very focused on sports and my parents really pushed me to do my best because we were in this country and I I grew up in Texas. I grew up in predominantly white neighborhoods. And so I never denied my culture. I never denied all of that, but I did realize that I was different from others. I knew that I wasn't like the other kids and I had my own culture and I knew I looked different from other kids. So I always knew that I was different, but I never saw that as something working against me. If anything, I saw it as something in my favor because I was different from others. And it's like they never expect the Hispanic girl to be good, be great. You know what I mean? It's kind of like they expect you to not be good at school. They expect you not to you know, do certain things. And I loved that. I thrived on that. I thrived on being the underdog because it was like you shock them all, you know, always the best grades in class, always doing this. And then as I got older, I started to, you know, kind of mold my own world, mold my own thing because yes, I know 
even though nobody ever explicitly called me, and I'm grateful for this, nobody explicitly called me any racial slurs or anything that a lot of people of color deal with, but I still felt the discrimination. I still felt like I was looked over and that made me want to push out of that mindset. I pushed out of the victim mindset and I said, no, you know, because you underestimate me, I'm going to just blow you out of the water and do things that nobody else has done or what you don't expect of me because of my heritage. So yes, I believe racism and discrimination, it is real, but I don't let it have power over me. And that's one thing that I want all people of color to understand is that if you don't give it power and you understand, especially if you live here in America, we have so many opportunities and there's actually people working in your favor because you are a person of color. And I know this might sound kind of bad, but growing up, I was always very conscious of affirmative action that if I did really well and because I was a woman of color or whatever you want to call it, Hispanic, whatever, I was able to get more opportunities because of the whole affirmative action thing. So that's something I grew up knowing that I would have more opportunity because there weren't other people like me. Of course, now there are a lot of Latin people and a lot of people of color who are rising up and doing great in academia. And that's what I want. I want my people to feel like they're not powerless. I want my people to feel powerful because we have a culture that pushes us. And it's kind of, I was at the girl boss rally in LA back in June and I was listening to a speaker. She was the founder of Me Too, Me Too, the Latin media company. And they do like memes and jokes and stuff like that. She was the founder of it and she was very inspiring. And she said, you know, when you're Hispanic, when you're Latin, you have side hustle in your veins, you have entrepreneurship in your veins. And it's so true. So I see my culture. I see where I come from, not as a disability or as something against me, but I see it as something in my favor that I have this viewpoint that is different. And I love that. It has allowed me in so many ways to do what I do now. I don't really like to get into politics. You guys know I studied political science in college and politics have been such a big part of my life. I think my parents my dad especially, he, you know, growing up, he always taught me about politics. I was always reading political books ever since I was five years old, guys. It's not, it's not a joke. I was reading political books, watching the news ever since I was a really little girl. And I've always been very politically aware until, you know, I was very politically aware before it became cool to be like, you know, political activist. So now it's like, I don't like to talk about it because I see it for what it is. It's a divisive tool. And left, right, you know, and of course I have my political beliefs and they're personal. I don't, you know, I guess I'm old school in that sense. I don't like to talk about them because I like to listen to others. I like to listen to what people say and I'm very open-minded in that aspect, but I don't agree with our politics nowadays where we're being taught that we're in a victim mindset and that there is no personal responsibility. And yes, some of us have different things that are holding us back. Limiting beliefs hold you back a lot. You know, if you're if you're listening to me right now, you're saying, no, Isabel, there's systemic racism in place and is trying to hold us back, whatever. That's your limiting belief. Personally, I don't believe that. 
I believe that I have all the opportunities, if not more opportunities than others. And I don't believe that my skin color is a play in that. I don't believe that my heritage holds me back in any way. If anything, I believe it pushes me and it makes me different. And I love that. I don't deny that there's racism. I don't deny that there's discrimination. I don't deny these things. But I believe that we as people, as human beings, we can overcome whatever it is that we want. We as divine beings can overcome so much more than we could ever imagine. And I think that's what we have to see ourselves as, not necessarily as the color of our skin or our heritage, but just as divine beings. And we can overcome so much. And that's what we need to keep pushing forward to. Stop thinking just because you were born in this place or you're this color or you're from here or you're from there, that you are any less powerful than somebody who was born somewhere else. Yes, maybe they were born with a leg up. Maybe they had more opportunities than you from birth or growing up, but that does not mean that you right now can't take control of your destiny and go in a different direction because they want you guys. Listen, I, you know, this is probably not going to be popular either, but the media, the politicians, they want to keep you guys down. They want to keep you not making money. They want to keep you poor. They want to keep you in the same neighborhoods. They want to keep you down. They don't want you to rise up and show you your power. They don't want you because then they can't get votes. If you're in a powerless place, then you're always going to have to be looking to politicians to change your life for you. But they want to keep you down. They want to keep you dependent on them. They don't want you to rise up and do your own thing, make your own money, and have your destiny in your hand. And that's what I'm totally against. And it could be my upbringing. could be I see a lot of people of color who were raised probably similarly to me, and they're so successful. And I know it's all that common thread, that common idea that we were given this opportunity. Our parents came here. We have these opportunities and we have to make the most of them. doesn't matter how many people want to throw bricks at you or how many people want to keep you down. You got to keep pushing forward and push out of that. And that's what I believe. You know, I'm, I understand America is a flawed place. Every country is flawed, (laughs) you know, and, and, but I'm still grateful. I'm still grateful. I'm here. I'm still grateful that I have the opportunity to have my own business, that I can literally live my life on my terms. And I honestly, if people want to be racist towards me and say stuff to me, go ahead. I'm living my best life. And I think that's the best revenge is just living your best life and being happy and giving yourself freedom. And if people want to be racist and discriminatory and all these things, it's because they have a small mind and they're afraid of you. They're fearful of your power, which is why they want to go to something as stupid and menial as skin color to show that they're better than you or that they have some kind of supremacy over you. And I don't believe in that. I I really don't. So to some people that might not be the most politically correct answer, but you guys know I'm not politically correct. I speak my mind. I speak my truth. And I just want any of you there who believe that racism or discrimination is keeping you down, don't give your power away so easily. Don't give it away. You have more power. You have more strength within you than you could ever imagine. Stop using that as an excuse. Stop using that as a crutch and just take responsibility for your life. It doesn't matter what skin color you have. There are always going to be people trying to bring you down. doesn't matter where you were born. There's always going to be something in the way. There's always going to be an obstacle. I don't care if you're blonde hair, blue eyes from New York City or from the Southern States, you will probably have some kind of adversity to deal with. Everyone does. And 
I think racism and discrimination is just another part of life. And yes, the way we fight it is with love. Stop looking at people of a different skin color as somebody that is an enemy and instead focus on being loved to other people. And I believe that our generation can heal the world. Our generation is awakened to so much more than previous generations. And we have more power than ever before. And we are more aware of these things. So don't fall back into these old mindsets or these old narratives. Create the narrative you want for your life. And if you guys want me to talk more about this topic, I know it's a touchy subject for a lot of people, but I will go into it because like I said, I don't feel in any way that I'm held back by my skin color or by my heritage or anything. I feel it's empowered me and it's given me more perspective, more strength, more abilities than somebody who wouldn't. And I'm not saying that I'm better than anyone else by any stretch of the imagination, but it's about seeing those things that people deem as negatives or flaws or whatever you want to call them and turning them into positive, turning them into your strengths. So that's my thoughts on racism and discrimination. All right, now for a more lighthearted question, because I know we're getting into some deep stuff, which don't get me wrong. I love the deep questions. I love getting into these topics that maybe or taboo or that, you know, may not be the most popular opinions that I have, but let's go into this. How to believe in yourself. Here is a good topic to talk about because this is the thing. If you guys don't believe in yourselves, it is really hard to be successful at a lot of the things that you want or to be able to accomplish the things that you want. So this is the thing is that you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. The reason why you don't believe in yourself is because you haven't proven to yourself that you can do it. So I want you to choose a goal or choose something that you want to do, choose something that you want to work towards or you want to accomplish and start working towards that thing and get out of your comfort zone. The best way to shut the ego up and get you out of that fear-based mentality is by literally doing the opposite of what your fear is telling you. So if your fear is telling you to stay in your comfort zone, then you push out of it and you go do that thing that is scaring you. So whether that's solo traveling, whether that's starting your business, whether that's looking for an investor in your business, whether that's tackling your student loan debt, whether it's all these things that you feel are holding you back or you're afraid to go into, you go and do them. It doesn't matter how much time it takes for you to work towards them. It doesn't matter all the effort, all the energy, once you accomplish that thing and you prove to yourself and make sure it's for yourself, guys, not to prove to anyone else, not to prove to your family, your friends, whatever, to prove to yourself that you can do something, then that belief in yourself grows and you prosper. You have to prove to yourself above all, because let me tell you guys, in entrepreneurship, when you start your own business, when you do things on your terms that are out of the norm that other people aren't doing or other people around you aren't doing or don't understand, you will have a lot of noise. You will have a lot of people telling you, don't do this. You can't do this because people who have failed often want to talk people out of their own goals, but you're not going to stay in that mindset. You're going to go for what it is that you want. So it's all about just zeroing in on what's holding you back. Okay, this is holding me back. Either it's my fear or my belief that I can't do something. And again, limiting beliefs, guys. 
Subconscious limiting beliefs are those beliefs, like I was talking about racism, discrimination, these beliefs that you're not going to prosper because of your skin color. That's a huge limiting belief that a lot of people have. So you have to write these down and identify them and also identify where they come from. And it could be the belief that, oh, I'll never make money because my family all my life has been poor and I don't deserve money or I didn't study this or I didn't go to college, so I'll never be rich. And you know, these are these things that hold us back and these fake truths that a lot of people sell you and a lot of society sells you to keep you down. So you got to write down these beliefs or these ideas that you have. It could be around career. It could be around money. It could be around relationships. It could be around love. Write them down and cross them out and rewrite them in a positive sense. So for example, if your limiting belief is I'll never be successful because I never went to college, you write down, I will be successful and I am successful in every single thing I do. So that new belief that you've written down, you need to read it and listen to it and repeat it to yourself over and over and over again and make sure that your actions moving forward align with that new belief and not with the old limiting belief from the past. This is how you build trust within yourself. You have to mend that relationship with yourself first. And what happens is when we grow up, and this is something that I talked about in my confidence coaching with a lot of my clients, is how the true self, the higher self, when you're born, you are completely confident. You have belief in yourself. Your only fears growing up is your fear of not eating and fear of being dropped as a baby. So what happens is as you grow up and you become more conscious of the world around you, you're told you're too loud. You're not smart enough. You need to do this. You need to sit down. And we're basically told not to be all the things that we are naturally. So this creates a separation between your true self, your highest self, and your conscious self, the self that you are now. So you're creating this big separation. And as the separation grows bigger, either through relationships or people telling you you're not good enough or you need to change or this and that, this creates anxiety, depression, creates this idea that you're not good and that you won't succeed and that you're basically a failure. So what you need to do now is focus on bringing yourself back together, bringing those two parts of yourself and meeting yourself in the middle, creating less space between the higher self and the conscious self. What you need to do in order to decrease that separation and come back together and be whole again is to mend the relationship with yourself. So don't speak of yourself negatively anymore. I don't want you to ever speak negatively about yourself, either to yourself or to other people. Don't say things like, oh, I suck or I'm a failure or I'm so stupid. You know, those little words, that verbiage that we use and we're not even conscious of how we use it or when we use it. You have to identify those moments where you're talking to yourself or when those limiting beliefs come up or when you feel lost or when you feel you failed at something or something's not working out. Don't talk to yourself negatively. Tell yourself, I can do this. I can handle this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to push myself out of my comfort zone. I'm getting out of my comfort zone. Fear is not going to hold me back. And that's how you slowly overcome and be more authentically you. Don't be afraid of being authentically you, either speaking your mind, wearing what you want, doing what you want, all these things that you want to do without the outside opinion of others is what you need to do. So focus on being more authentically you, doing the things you want to do, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and that belief and confidence 
within yourself and of yourself will grow exponentially. So don't hold yourself back. Do the things you want to do and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. I'm here to tell you, you can accomplish whatever it is that you want to do. You just can't be the only thing in your way any longer. All right. So this is a question I think I want to answer because I get this question a lot. Strangely, what kind of music slash bands slash singers are your favorite? So I love all types of genres. I love a lot of old music. I love music from like the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. I know it feels difficult saying that 90s is old music now, but I love oldies. I think I listen to a lot of 70s. I have an entire oldies 70s playlist. It has a lot of 60s, 70s, 80s on there. I truly love music from the 60s or the 70s because I feel like it has just a different vibe. It has good vibes and a lot of it is about love. You know, a lot of it is political music, but it comes from a place of love. And I love Motown hits. I love I, I really love black music from the 70s. It's probably my favorite. I, like, I listen to R&B. I listen to a lot of soul, a lot of disco. It's just that good vibe, you know? But if I were to talk about modern music, I love rap music. I really do. I love the old hip hop. I love early 2000s rap, hip hop, even 90s. And I feel like rap and hip hop nowadays is not the same. It doesn't have that same vibe. It's just a lot of it just... Ugh, I know. There's some that I like. I mean, I've always liked Kanye West, Jay-Z, his old stuff. I love Jay-Z a lot. But a lot of the new rappers, I'm not a huge fan of. I love Childish Gambino, though. I love his first album, Camp. Probably one of my favorite albums. I love Frank Ocean. I will listen to Nights by Frank Ocean all the time. Like I'm obsessed with that song. I've been obsessed with that song since it came out. I listen to it when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling happy. I just love that song. What else? I listen to a lot of classical as well. I'm always listening to the classical music station when I'm driving and I'm a huge Mozart fan and also a huge Debussy, Claude Debussy fan. And I love operas. And I listened to the 432 hertz version of Mozart on YouTube. Just search Mozart 432 HZ and listen to that while you're working, while you're doing whatever. And it is beautiful. I even listen to it while meditating. So I am very conscious of the music I listen to. I'm not really a huge fan of music on the radio. Like I said, I don't like a lot of, there's just some like... There's just some people, the mainstream singers that are always on the radio, I can't stand them. So I'm always listening to older music and it could be because I am a bit of an old soul. So I do like older stuff and it could be that I grew up listening. Like my dad, all he used to play when I was little was literally 70s music. So that's probably why I love that era and that genre. It just reminds me of just being happy. So I listen to that if I'm feeling sad or... When I work out, I will listen to rap and listen to, like I said, early 2000s rap, hip hop, or I listen to a lot of classic rock. That's kind of a joke that I have is I have literally the music taste of an old white guy. Like I will listen to ZZ Top, Leonard Skinner. Um, and of course, this music does not have color or any, anybody can listen to this music. It's not about your race, <laughs> but I will listen to a lot of older music. That's kind of a joke that I've always had. A lot of people make fun of me for it, but whatever. And I, I love how 
disco and 70s and all that classic rock like i love how millennials are keeping it alive you'll go out to like a club or like a bar and they'll be playing like the old hits and i love that i remember whenever i was like in middle school and high school like i love that music and nobody liked it now it's like a lot of people of my generation love it so yeah i keep the old stuff alive and i have kind of an old soul old person taste in music but it's it's whatever it's it's my vibe i honestly think i was supposed to live back in the 60s or 70s i just look even though i know there's a lot of turmoil and stuff going on during that time but the vibe of people and how carefree people were and like how cool people were back then i really love it and also my dad always tells me stories about the 70s and i'm like oh my god like oh why did i live back then anyways so let's find another question here this is a good question. I want to attract different friends to my life and become a different person. How do I start? I truly believe that when we want change in our lives, we have to change ourselves. So if you want to attract new people, new opportunities, or if you want to attract differently in your life, you're literally going to have to show up and start thinking and acting and doing things differently. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result every time. So we're not insane people here. Okay. We might be a little eccentric, a little crazy, but there's nothing wrong with that, but you're not going to be insane. I don't want you guys to keep doing the same things over and over again, tripping over the same rocks, not learning your lesson and not changing. If there's something that you're not happy about, whether it is your relationships, your friendships, or just where you are in life right now, you need to start doing some changes within. This can literally be just changing up your routine. If you are stuck in a routine or you don't have a routine, Put yourself in a routine and it could literally be a morning routine. Take time every morning, wake up 30 minutes earlier just to meditate or just to go for a walk or for a run or get some exercise in. We often get stuck in these ruts or we get stuck in these old patterns of life because we're too afraid to change. So start changing something within you. Figure out something that you've always wanted to do. Maybe you want to start working out and start making your health a priority. So sign up for a gym or sign up to your local country club or whatever it may be and get country club. I know that sounds like super pretentious, but literally go to your neighborhood gym or whatever, get a membership or just start waking up earlier. Like I said, to go running and make it a priority. A lot of times when we want to attract new people into our life, we have to literally embody what it is that we want in our life. So if you want supportive, loving people, you need to embody that. We are magnets for what we are and the universe is a mirror. So whatever we want, we have to send it out. We have to literally become what it is that we want to attract. So yes, that will take time. It will take a lot of change. It will take a lot of courage to decide to change and go for something different and be different. And that's okay. If you want different in life, you got to move differently. You got to set goals, work towards those goals. And they don't have to be huge goals. Whoa, I just saw 333. Crazy. They don't have to be huge goals, guys. They can be small little goals that you work towards every day that will start to beget changes in your life. So literally you are one decision away from a completely different life. Doesn't matter how small the decision is. Doesn't matter how insignificant you think this choice may be just the choice of waking up earlier every day or the choice of wearing different clothes or listening to a different genre of music or just these little bitty things or changing the way you eat you know cutting sugar out of your life these little bitty things or getting out of your comfort zone these things will beget great changes and will start to create momentum in your life in a different direction so if you're not happy where you are now 
start to make changes and make choices and decisions that align with where you want to be. So if you want good friends, you need to start going to places where they're going to be good people. You need to start focusing on your vibration, raising your vibration, making sure you're not allowing the insignificant actions or things outside of your control to affect your inner home, your equilibrium. And a lot of this comes from meditation, spending time alone, and also being clear on what you want. Because a lot of times we know we want different, but we really don't know what we want. So spend time alone, being introspective, journaling, literally writing out your thoughts. Journaling is not this really complicated thing. All you have to do is write down what you're feeling or write down what it is that you want and being at peace with yourself. This can be a meditation. This can be in prayer. This can be just spending time alone reading a book, but just getting to know yourself first, getting to know what you want and making those choices and decisions that align with what it is that you want. This is a really great question. And I think this is something that a lot of us struggle with even subconsciously, and that is self-forgiveness. So the question is, what is your perspective on self-forgiveness? And I believe that we have to forgive ourselves before we can forgive other people. It's so important that when you make a mistake, even if other people are beating you up for it, you either apologize for doing it or for whoever you hurt or for whatever you did. And then you focus on not really seeking forgiveness from other people. And yes, getting forgiveness from others is really important. But what is important is forgiving yourself for your mistakes or for any wrongdoing that you did. This is number one in self-love. Because if you're constantly beating yourself up from something in the past, and as you guys know, I'm not a huge fan of always looking back in the past and regret and living in the past and living in a time that no longer exists. I believe that we have to live and let go, forgive and forget. In my last episode, I talked about this, forgive and forget. These are very powerful things. When you forgive, it is literally the two words, forgive. In order to give, you need to forgive. In order to get, to receive, you need to forget. So both of these things are so powerful energetically. So when you extend forgiveness to yourself for something that you did, it's you accepting that you did wrong or you accepting that you did a mistake and owning that mistake, owning the fact that you did this, but also owning the fact that you're learning from it, that you grew from the mistake, that you're not going to do it again, and that you're going to be respectful of yourself, of other people's boundaries and of your own boundaries, and also respectful of yourself. Guys, we all have things in our past. We all have things that we've done myself included. I have done so many things. I have made so many mistakes. I've embarrassed myself. I've embarrassed myself in front of others. I've done things that I'm not proud of, but that's okay because if it weren't for all these things that I did, then I wouldn't be here right now being able to talk about these things. I wouldn't be able to have a lot of people ask me, how do you know so much? How do you have all this wisdom? How do you know? I'm 25 and it's like people think I'm older because of the things that I talk about, but that's okay because I went through a lot and I made a lot of mistakes. I went through a time where I was not happy with my life. I was not happy with myself. I was living a life that wasn't true to me. I was living a life that my parents wanted me to live and I knew it wasn't for my path. I knew it wasn't my passion, but guys, guess what? Making all these mistakes and having all these flaws and weaknesses and disappointing myself, disappointing others led me to where I am now in my purpose. And I truly believe I'm living in my purpose. I decided to learn from them. I didn't let them define me 
Now I can talk about them and laugh about them and say, oh my God, I was crazy. I did all these things, but I forgave myself for them because guess what guys, when you don't forgive yourself or forgive others, you are literally draining yourself. You are draining yourself and you're creating anxiety, depression, and losing peace and sleep over something that you can't change. So when you make a mistake or you do something wrong, you ask for forgiveness. I was raised in the Catholic faith, so I always ask God for forgiveness, always. And I believe God forgives all. I believe that we have to be compassionate with ourselves as well as with others. So when somebody does wrong unto you, You don't hate them for it. You understand that they're human too. And you can decide, okay, I'm going to forgive you and let you back in my life. Or I'm going to forgive you and say, listen, I'm sorry, but I can't have you in my life anymore. And that's a really tough decision to make. And if somebody has said that to you, hey, I forgive you, but I can't have you in my life. Let it go. Let it go. And at least you have that forgiveness. And even if somebody did not accept your apology, that's okay you need to forgive yourself. I think that's so very important. Self-love is a lot of self-forgiveness. It's a lot of understanding that you are human. You will make mistakes. You will embarrass yourself. You will embarrass others. You will do things you're not proud of, but that's okay. It's all a part of the journey. It's all a part of this plan. And every mistake I've made has led me to something bigger because I chose not to let it define me, not to let it hold me back, but to allow myself to learn from it, to grow from it and say, I'm never going to do this again because I never want to feel this way again. I understand that in the future, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination and nobody's perfect. We're all human and we all have flaws and make mistakes and we all do things and it's fine. What's important is that you show up as your higher self in every situation. And before you make a decision, you reflect back on past decisions that you've made or past situations that you've made. And you ask, do I want that same result or do I want a better result? Moving forward, yes, forgive yourself, but in every decision you make, be more conscious of the decisions you make. And if something goes wrong or you fail at something, it's just a learning experience. So guys, if you have a heavy burden on yourself, either you made a mistake and you regret it, it's okay. You need to tell yourself that this is all part of the plan and the dots never connect looking forward. The dots connect looking back. So look back on this mistake and see how it's led you to exactly where you are now and how you've learned so much from it. There have been things that I've done in the past, especially in relationships, where I say, you know, I shouldn't have been with that person. I shouldn't have done that. But then I realize You know, if it wasn't for that relationship or that friendship or whatever it was, I wouldn't know these things about humans. I wouldn't know these things about psychology. I wouldn't know these things about myself and making mistakes and failing and doing things we regret teaches us a lot about ourselves and teaches us a lot about who we are. So understand that the more mistakes you made just means that you're human and you're trying new things and doing things differently because the only way you don't make mistakes or fail is by not doing anything. So would you rather a life of you just sitting around, not doing anything, not saying anything, or would you rather a life that you can at least say you tried, or you at least did something and it didn't work out, or you did something wrong, and at least you know better now. Self-forgiveness is also understanding that we have to go through these things in order to grow. So understand that holding resentment against yourself is probably one of the biggest acts of self-hate you can do. So you need to say, 
I release this pain. I forgive myself. I make peace with myself and my past and my mistakes. And I'm going to move forward in faith in myself, in the universe, in God. And I know that eventually everything is going to make sense. It doesn't have to make sense right now, but it will in the future. And this is all taking you to new places, to new opportunities, to new levels in your life. It's all a part of the journey. Don't look at life as just a box that it has to be one way, either happy or sad or perfect or not perfect. No, life is a journey. Everything is a journey. So look at it that way and have fun along the ride. And yes, when you're young and you don't have much life experience, it is easier to make mistakes and things that you look back on. But you know what? That's okay. That was another version of you. And it's up to you now to create a new version of you, the 10.0 version. That's always what we strive for. Always strive for being better than your past self. All right, this is really hard to do, but this is the last question I'm going to answer for the sake of time. But I will do a new, another Q&A soon in the future, maybe more topic-based. So I will choose a particular topic and you guys will send in your questions. But I'm going to end on a law of attraction, spirituality-based question. And this question asks, how to properly meditate and connect with the universe? So meditation, guys, if you want to get back in alignment with the universe, if you want to get back into a law of attraction mindset, if you want to get back into a positive high vibration. Meditation is so very important. I've gotten a lot of questions on how to get back in alignment, how to get in tune with the universe. Meditation, number one. So the best way to meditate in order to connect is in the morning when you first wake up. It's so important because you're basically killing a few birds with one stone, which I'm vegan. I don't believe in killing birds, but anyways, you're going to get a few things out of the way if you meditate first thing in the morning. First off, you're going to get yourself in a good mindset and a high vibrational mindset. You're going to go into your day in high vibes and not stressed out, not with anxiety. So set apart about 30 minutes in the morning or about 15 minutes. If you normally wake up at six, wake up at 5.30 or 5.45 Make time in the morning. It could even be in the shower while you're taking a shower as you're scrubbing your body, you're washing your hair, you're setting intentions, or you're just taking a moment to quiet your thoughts, not think about anything. Maybe just the motion of washing your hair or scrubbing your body, things like that. But take time in the morning to be mindful. What I believe is very important is that you either meditate in silence or you meditate with, like I said, 432 HZ Hertz music. You can find this on YouTube. Taking time to center yourself. Set an intention before you meditate. Set the intention of today I want to feel peace. Today I want to be productive. Today I want the universe to speak to me. Today I want to manifest this. So setting an intention before you meditate is so very powerful and will get you in alignment because a lot of times if you're new to meditation, you just sit down and you really don't have a direction of where you want to go. Some people meditate to feel better. Some people meditate to get their thoughts in order, but what's important is that you just set about 15 minutes. I think the best time is 30 minutes, but if you're starting out, 15 minutes is perfect. Set the intention. I want to feel calm and peace today. Today, I will be successful. Today, everything will be working in my favor. Today, I will be productive. And then sit down and quiet your thoughts. When a thought comes in, you observe it, don't judge it, and then let it go. Any thought that comes in negative or positive, don't judge it, don't even judge it as negative or positive. Just think of it as a thought and then release it. And slowly start 
even visualizing if you want. Visualizing is so important, but you can even visualize yourself. And this is something I used to do early on in my own law of attraction journey. I'd visualize myself out in space. So there'd be stars everywhere and planets and things like that. And I would feel very connected with the universe. You could also imagine yourself in a beautiful garden in a garden full of flowers and animals and sunlight and really being in that mindset and seeing yourself in this place of peace, in this place of calm, just kind of floating or just sitting and being mindful, not doing anything, but just sitting. And this is also a good method. I would highly recommend reading the book if you haven't, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. He talks about watching the thinker. This is so very powerful because you realize that you're not your thoughts and your feelings. You are the awareness behind them. So when you watch the thinker, you step outside of your body during meditation, or you visualize yourself stepping out of your body during meditation and then watch yourself sitting on the ground meditating. That is so very important, especially if you deal with anxiety, especially if you deal with overthinking, make this a common practice in the morning. Also at night, what I love to do is listen to a guided meditation before bed. So I absolutely adore Jason Stevenson's channel. I talk about him all the time. Search on YouTube, your ideal life meditation. I swear to you guys, when I was going through a difficult time in my own life a couple years ago, about actually about four years ago now, I would listen to that every night before bed and visualize myself in my ideal life. And that allowed me to not only get clear on what I wanted in my future, but also to take action and showing up as that woman I would see five years in the future. So definitely do a nighttime guided meditation. There's also apps that you can download. I believe Headspace is a great one as well, but just searching on YouTube, you can find one for free and in the morning, make sure you meditate, but it's all about setting the intention of what you want to achieve during meditation and also not putting pressure on yourself to achieve anything, just allowing yourself to be in the moment completely I think that's also very important. So it's about figuring out what it is that you want, what it is that you want to align yourself with and allowing your habits in meditation to reflect what it is that you want. And just a little side note here, if you guys are looking to manifest things, make sure that you're in the vibration of what it is that you want to manifest. You can have anything you want with the law of attraction, but it's about being in the mindset and the vibration of what you're trying to attract. Because like I've said, you are a magnet and the universe is a mirror. So whatever it is that you want, you attract to you and whatever you're sending out will be reflected back to you by the universe. So make sure that if you want love and happiness and peace, that you reflect it in your actions, in your words, in everything you do. Make sure that everything you do has a positive intention behind it, never for harm, never for gain or greed or any of that, but to simply give out good energy to the world because the happier you are, the better you are, the more fulfilled you are, the more you raise your collective consciousness. Understand that the universe does not punish. The universe does not want negative for you. The universe is simply responding to you and your thoughts and your actions and your ideas. So you need to make sure that what you're sending out is what you want back. So treat others kindly, treat yourself kindly. That's so very important. Love yourself, guys. Truly love yourself flaws and all, even if you're not in the right place where you want to be right now, even if your life isn't perfect, even if your body's not perfect, even if your face is not perfect, even if you're not perfect, nobody's ever going to be perfect, quote unquote, but you got to accept and love yourself the way you are now and 
decide that you're going to go for everything that you want and believe that you deserve everything you want because it's okay. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be at peace. You deserve to be living your best life. And anyone or anything that says otherwise is simply living out of a place of fear and scarcity from the ego. So show up as your higher self in every single thing you do. Don't give in to external circumstances. Don't give your power away to anyone or anything. Show up as your truest, highest, most powerful self as that goddess or God or king or queen sitting on the throne. And you will see how everything will start to align in your favor because it's all rigged. Everything's in your favor. I love you guys so very much. I hope you enjoyed this extra long episode. I hope you're not asleep by now, but I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Isabel V. Palacios and also follow Taking Back Your Power on Instagram at Taking Back Your Power and also check out my YouTube channel. Link is always in the description of these videos and I will talk to you guys very soon or hopefully see you guys very soon on YouTube as well. And always remember this, no matter what you may be going through, no matter what you look like, no matter what adversities you're facing or what you've been through in the past or what mistakes you've made or who you are in this life, your true beauty, your true worth, and your true power always come from within. I love you all and I will see you in my... I will talk to you soon on next week's episode of Taking Back Your Power. Don't forget to tune in. I'll see you very soon. Oh, and also share these episodes with anyone who you think might need to listen to these. We got to spread this message. I love you all so very much. And don't forget to join me next week for next week's episode of Taking Back Your Power. I love you. Bye-bye.